Well, Merry Christmas to all of you. Uh, thank you for coming this evening, and I, I just want you to know I enjoy being with you on Christmas Eve. Uh, it's a fun time. I love Christmas time, and, and I hope that you have yourself a merry little Christmas. Uh, but even more, I hope you know how. So maybe I can help you tonight with how. Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas is among the most loved Christmas songs of all time. It's iconic. Uh, hearing that title gives a, a warm and fuzzy. I like the song. Probably the most famous version is either Judy Garland in the 1944 film Meet Me in St. Louis or Frank Sinatra in 1957. And when Christmas time rolls around, you're almost certain to hear it on the radio or hear it in some department store somewhere. So now, let's be honest for a moment. The lyrics are secular. Uh, if the fates allow, that's not thoroughly biblical. Uh, but the song does have a certain charm, uh, a certain warmth about it, a certain warm feel of being with loved ones around Christmas. And there's a reason that the song resonates uh, with American Christmas tradition. Now, you probably know some of the lyrics, I would guess, but have you heard the original lyrics? Before Judy Garland and Old Blue Eyes sang it, Hugh Martin and Ralph Blaine had a very different vision for the song. Uh, they wrote it for Meet Me in St. Louis, but when Judy Garland, uh, Tom Drake, and Vincent Minnelli read the original uh, lyrics, they asked Hugh Martin to, to change them around. They were too depressing. So here's, here's how the original lyrics went. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. It may be your last. That's a kick of reality. <laughs> Whew. Next year we may all be living in the past. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Pop that champagne cork. Next year we may all be living in New York. Now that's a slam on New York. All right? That, that was not a compliment at that time. No good times like the olden days, happy golden days of your faithful friends who were dear to us, will be near to us, no more. Wow, an exodus of friends. <laughs> See you later, how hopeful is that? But at last we'll all we'll be together if the Lord allows. Now depressing lyrics, but they did happen to work in the Lord there, which is good. From now on, we'll have to muddle through somehow. Suck it up. Life's not that great. So have yourself a merry little Christmas now. Enjoy today because life's only going to get worse. That's a totally different song, folks. Uh, somehow the sparkle is lost in that version. It's essentially saying, have yourself a merry little Christmas right now because things are going to get much, much worse after Christmas. You could die. Your future could be so bad you suppress it and you live in the past. You better drink because, hey, next year you might be living in New York, of all places. You're going to lose some close friends, so muddle through. Muddle through. Enjoy your little Christmas because your future is bleak. Now, that's some Christmas song. I, I don't know that we'd enjoy that quite as much, hearing that in Coles or JCPenney's or Macy's, but, but if you think about it, the edits to the song that Hugh Martin introduced may lighten up the song a little bit, but, but they really don't, it doesn't really give us much hope either. Is one festive day able to make your hearts truly light? I mean, does Christmas guarantee that next year our troubles will be out of sight? If we enjoy Christmas for all that it's worth and we make the Yuletide gay, will our troubles be miles away in 2019? 
In the words of Kevin McAllister, I don't think so. I don't think so. That's fantasy. Christmas is good, but Christmas is not that good. Now, we should be thankful at Christmas time. Our traditions, they can be really enjoyable. We should, shouldn't expect Christmas to solve all of our problems nor to sustain our joy. To expect Christmas to do what Christmas can't do is setting yourself up for big, big disappointment. I want you to have a merry little Christmas. I really do. But you need to know how that's possible. What actually cheers the heart? Be honest, getting together with family and friends and giving gifts and receiving gifts and drinking eggnog and eating a zillion cookies does not guarantee that your heart will be merry. What if during the merriment tomorrow you feel sad at some point, empty? You may not want to even think about that possibility, but is there something that you can think about when you feel sad that will give you a deep sense of joy, that will make you smile and sigh a breath of gratitude? And I think that there is. In fact, I know that there is. You can actually have a cheerful disposition on Christmas and afterwards, but you need to know how. You need to know how. So here are a few encouragements from the book of Psalms uh, that can actually help you have a merry little Christmas. These few simple points give you more to stand on than this Christmas classic does. And all of these things are done by faith in Jesus Christ the Lord. See, without true faith in union with Christ, being truly merry is impossible. There is no true joy outside of knowing Christ. There's only misery. God gives, he sustains, and he strengthens the gladness of those who are inside of Christ. So here's how to have a merry little Christmas. Number one, take refuge in the Lord. Psalm 511 says, But let all who take refuge in you rejoice. Let them ever sing for joy and spread your protection over them that those who love your name may exult or feel extreme happiness in you. Run to the Lord by faith for shelter and safety. Trust in him as your safe haven. Now, now trusting in Christ the Lord does not guarantee that bad things won't happen to you. Many people see God as a genie. God is not a genie. He's the sovereign God of the universe. And he doesn't exist to grant our wishes. Those who take refuge in the Lord, they suffer in this life. See, the refuge of the Lord is more than this life. Finding refuge in Christ means we are safe from the eternal effects of our sin and guilt and evil and Satan and death and hell. The safest place is in Christ because in Christ all the benefits of the merits of the precious Christ are ours through faith. If all else fails in this life, our glorious inheritance awaits us and makes the sufferings of this life worth it. The refuge of the Lord is eternal and therein is reason for merriment. Two, be genuinely thankful for what God has done. Psalm 9 verse 1 says, I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all of your wonderful deeds Psalm 92 verse 4 adds, For you, O Lord, have made me glad by your work 
At the works of your hands, I sing for joy. Psalm 126 verse 3 adds, The Lord has done great things for us. We are glad. True merriment or cheer begins with God's wonderful deeds. To have a merry little Christmas, you need to think about what God has done. What God has done. The Bible describes in such vivid detail what God has done. He has done amazing things. He creates. He judges. He delivers. He condemns. He liberates. He gives. He saves. He waits. He destroys. He comforts. He preserves. He loves. Are you all struck at the wondrous deeds of God? Are you thankful for his mighty works? Are you thankful for what God has done for you in the person of Jesus Christ? If so, you will be glad. Three, delight in the presence of God. Faithful friends who are dear to us gather near to us once more. That's a good thought. Even this secular Christmas song appreciates the goodness and joy of close relationships and time spent together. But the original version, they ca it captures truth as well. Life is unpredictable and very changeable. Faithful friends who were dear to us will be near to us no more. Friends move away, friends abandon us, and friends die. But the deepest of relationships with the greatest of friends is secure and is safe. God is with his people. Psalm 21 verse 6 says, For you make him most blessed forever. You make him glad with the joy of your presence. Emmanuel, God with us. That is cause for merriment. Those who are in Christ have a relationship with God that will never end and that supplies them with unparalleled joy. Saints, Believers, brothers and sisters in Christ, you are most blessed forever because God will never leave you or forsake you. Four, rejoice and be glad in the steadfast love of God. Those who trust in Christ are loved by God. David wrote in Psalm 31, verses 7 and 8, I will rejoice and be glad in your steadfast love because you have seen my affliction. You have known the distress of my soul, and you have not delivered me into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a broad place. David had a lot of pain in his life, a lot of suffering. How could he rejoice amidst pain and suffering? Not a, not a suffer-free life. Rather, the steadfast love of God, even though David suffered greatly, he was confident in the steadfast love of God, of his God. The joy and sparkle of Christmas is not waking up Christmas morning and seeing gifts under the tree and being with the ones that you love most. It's waking up in the morning and knowing that you belong to Christ and God loves you. Psalm 90 verse 14 says, Satisfy us in the morning with your steadfast love that we may rejoice and be glad all our days. Brothers and sisters in Christ, you will be satisfied tomorrow morning when you wake up because you belong to Christ and you are loved by God. 
Psalm 32 verse 10 says, steadfast love surrounds the one who trusts in the Lord. Let me speak candidly. If you're an unbeliever here tonight, I'm really glad that you're here. You need to be here. You need to be listening to this and hearing the gospel. You will not wake up tomorrow satisfied unless you trust in Christ alone and rejoice that you are loved by God. Without Christ, you have no hope. Number five, receive the righteousness of Christ by faith and be glad. My recent sermon series on Galatians explains this point in much greater detail, so I recommend that to you. Jump online, listen to it this week maybe, but Psalm 32, 11 says, be glad in the Lord and rejoice, O righteous. Shall, uh, I'm sorry, righteous, and shout for joy, all you upright in heart. And then Psalm 68, three adds, but the righteous shall be glad. They shall exalt before God. They shall be jubilant with joy. Now, only the righteous can be jubilant with joy, but you and I are not righteous. Uh-oh, what do we do with our sin and guilt and misery? So does that mean that we can't be glad? That there's no hope in joy for us? who are not righteous, and there is where you must understand, my friends, the gospel of justification by grace alone, through faith alone, in Christ alone. We are all sinful and guilty under the law, but when we put our faith in Christ alone, a wonderful exchange happens. Our sin, guilt, and misery is imputed to Christ on the cross and Christ's perfect righteousness is imputed to us so that God considers you and me, believers who trust in Christ, He considers us perfectly righteous. He renders us as legally righteous under the law. In other words, God reckons believers righteous because they are united to the righteous Messiah. By faith. So then please understand this. The truly righteous ones are not the good people who are inherently righteous and don't need Jesus. Those people don't exist. No, the truly righteous people are those who have no inherent righteousness, but who receive the righteousness of Christ by faith. As Martin Luther said, quote, a Christian is not someone who has no sin or feels no sin. He is someone to whom, because of his faith in Christ, God does not impute his sin. So when the psalm says, the righteous shall be glad, it means everyone who receives the righteousness of Christ as a gift of grace through faith shall be glad. Having a merry little Christmas depends on whether you have received the righteousness of Christ by faith or not. If you have, you will be glad in Christ. If you haven't, your merriment is delusional. Six, seek the Lord. If you lose something, I've done this so many times, had very bad moments when I've lost something and trying to find it slamming drawers and door looking around under and then mom she could always go in and be oh right here it is oh that's the shirt i was looking for but you look so hard for it because you want it you want that thing and when you find it you're like the the woman in jesus parable of the lost coin you rejoice that you found it seek the lord and be glad in him psalm 40 verse 16 says 
But may all who seek you rejoice and be glad in you. May those who love your salvation say continually, great is the Lord. Seek the Lord because you really, 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 really want him. Seek him with all your heart. And as you seek him, be glad that you have him by faith. Love his salvation. Rejoice in his graceness. Seek him. Seek him with all your heart. And be merry. Last one, seven. Have yourself a merry little Christmas because the Lord takes pleasure in his people. You really ought to read Psalm 149 sometime. It's a great song. It's much better than Bing Crosby and Mariah Carey, and they have their place. It is a truly happy song, a happy song. And right in the middle of various commands to be glad is verse 4, which says, For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Now, Psalm 145, verse 20, is also really clear and plain. God will destroy the wicked. God takes no pleasure in those who ignore, belittle, and hate him. He takes pleasure in his people who revere and love him. Sadly, many people will celebrate this Christmas, this year, while bearing the weight of their sin and guilt and misery. It is so sad. They will seek merriment in momentary pleasures that will wear off and that will leave them completely empty. They will not taste the pleasure of God because they don't know God. Does it grieve you? If you don't know Christ, I'm simply telling you in plain language that you don't know true joy. You need to receive Christ by faith in order to know the love and joy and peace and comfort and pleasure of God. And when you know Christ, you get all those things and more. Without Christ, your life is empty and it is loving for you to hear that. And you cannot possibly have a truly, like a deep down truly merry little Christmas without the King, the precious King. So I plead with you to come to Christ. Find your greatest joy in Him and be merry. And I mean truly merry. Come to Christ. For you believers, dear saints, beloved brothers and sisters, This message is quite hopeful and quite reassuring for you. Whatever struggles or sorrows or disappointments come this Christmas and beyond in the new year for you, you have Christ. And therefore, you have in Him what you need to have a truly merry little Christmas and a joyful life. Smile because of Christ. Smile and celebrate because you will wake up tomorrow loved by your Father who is pleased with you. That's for you, believers. It's precious. So I just want you to know I love you all. I don't know some of you at all, but I'm glad that you're here, and I love you, and I hope you've heard tonight. And may the Lord, by his amazing grace, give each one of you a merry little Christmas in Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for being so kind to condescend in language that we can understand and to speak truth to us, the truth about the preciousness of your Son. 
God in human flesh, the perfect God-man. He's no longer a baby. We're not celebrating him as a baby. We're celebrating him as a man, as a conquering king, as a beautiful savior who is enough for us, whose grace is sufficient for us, who can save the vilest sinner such as I. And God, I pray for these people here tonight that they would hear with ears of the heart, that they would rejoice in the King, and that they would rejoice in the thought that He will return, the great return of the King, the precious King. I pray, God, that we will bow in reverence and adoration to the King, and that we will find in Him our greatest delight, that we will have a merry little Christmas tomorrow simply because by faith in Jesus Christ we are accepted and loved by Almighty God. That because of Jesus and his perfect righteousness given to us and imputed to us through faith, we are counted righteous and acceptable and loved in your sight, God. This is a tremendous gift. And I pray for those who are hearing that have no idea what I'm saying. Because of their hard hearts and their love affair with sin, I pray that you break them tonight and help them to wake up tomorrow with a totally new perspective on life because they have fallen at the feet of Jesus and repented and trusted in him and that they will wake up tomorrow loved by you, Father. Do that work in their hearts tonight. May the blind see. May the deaf hear. May the dead come to life because the king calls them out. We thank you, God, for the power of the gospel and I pray that it is the greatest gift and that we treasure it as such. In Jesus' name and for the fame of Jesus, we pray. Amen.